Thank you, praise team. Woohoo! Wow. It stopped raining. Like you, you go and it's not even sprinkling outside. So, so thanks for being here today. And uh, for those that uh, uh, saw the roads were a little wet, and they are, and going to get wetter later, um, we want to thank those who are joining us from home uh, as well and uh, for online worship today. Last week, there was somebody who looked up the verse really quickly. Well, he was there. He just left. Well, you know what they say. You have to raffle it to somebody else. No, uh, I wanted to pay my debt for uh, uh, the, the giant candy bar. So uh, anyway, um, we'll just, if you could just forget everything that I just said, I'll keep the candy bar. And uh, I'll have something at 3 o'clock today. That'll be a special treat. Just kidding, because that would be terrible. Um, anyway, I want to say, um, do you see these shirts? Okay, so, so the staff wanted to make this available for you to order if you would uh, not mind. And so, uh, and so, yeah, so in the weeks to come, we'll have some sign-up sheets. Unless people are going, we were waiting for the response to say, no, 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 not that again. And we didn't get that. We got a little woo-hoo and a little, you know, little, little positive, little positivity there. So, so yeah, so we'll get these uh, sign-up sheet for these uh, coming. And... Um, we're, we're going we're gonna to have a unique worship today in, in terms of the sermon. We're going to follow a, a country music song. It's like, are you kidding me? But when you see the depth of the song and you see from a Bible viewpoint the song by Tim McGraw, um, it's, it's something that's very impacting to your heart and to your mind. And so I hope you see it the same way. So, uh, so Holy Spirit, work in our midst, in our lives, in our very own being. For those of us that know you and call you Lord and Savior, great physician, God, Holy Spirit, you do your work as the great teacher and help us to display your scriptures and your truth because we know it doesn't come back void and it releases us from different kinds and types of bondage to be set free. And we know that we're free in you if we've made a profession of faith to you, Jesus, by Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there's no condemnation for those of us that Jesus are in you. So if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you as Lord, whose sins have not been forgiven, help that person or those people to learn more and to see that you loved us when we didn't care anything for you, according to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Guide Holy Spirit, move Holy Spirit in this service. Amen. So, 9 o'clock, it feels like I'm doing a couple announcements, doesn't it? Nine o'clock, we have a prayer meeting that we started last week in the kind of pastor's office area. And we've had three people there for two weeks. Woohoo! And, uh, and what's really nice about that is that, I mean, if there was just myself praying, that, that's okay too. But when there's three of us praying, um, I don't have to pray for the whole half hour, which is good. 
which is good because it blesses others. So if you're free at nine and we don't want to take you from another class, we don't want you to go from another class to come pray with us at nine. But if you're not coming from another class and you want to get here at nine, pray for a half hour. Um, we, we really do. We, we seek the face of God. And uh, there's so many things that we could be praying for, and we do. Um, so anyway, I'd love to see you. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, the men have a Bible study. The men have a Bible study. It's at 6.30. It goes to 7.30. And we're starting, we're not starting, we're studying 1 John. And we almost got through all of chapter 1 Wednesday. And uh, it's a rich Bible study. Not because I'm leading it. No, because the men in there are like deep men. And so, you know, I'm teaching and, and, uh, and then Adam gets up and he goes over to the board and he starts like making a T-chart and it's just like, well, Adam's a teacher. This is all good. And it, it just kind of flowed and we encouraged each other. So if you want to be a part of that on Wednesdays at 6.30, we'd love to, love to have you. And last but not least, last but not least, the Celebrate Recovery. We've got, we've got, we've got a guitar player for our Celebrate Recovery meeting. It's going to be on Monday nights. Monday nights to celebrate recovery meeting. I'm almost sure. But we've got a team together. And we get a team together. We're going to go visit other churches that are doing this. So we can minister to people in the community with addictions. And that's, that's all of us to different degrees and different areas. So if you have any interest in Celebrate Recovery, please, please let me know. Let someone know that can let me know. Uh, because I want to still add to our, our list of people. We want to minister to this community uh, deeply and with a, a heartfelt love. Now, speaking of that, heartfelt love, last week, let's review just a moment if we could. Last week, we talked about confession. So I'm going to ask, did you have some times with Jesus this week to, to confess your sin that the Holy Spirit brought up that was keeping you from walking in the light, as First John said? Anybody besides me? Wow, we got almost 10%. That's, that's pretty good. So 10% of us, um, we're going to look for like 15% next time or 20%. I know some people are like, I'm not, I'm not doing this, even though I did it. I know that. Remember, if you're born again and you have Jesus in your heart, you don't do it to get reborn again. You do it because First John theme is we have an abiding relationship with Christ on this earth until he returns. We want to walk with him and have fellowship with him and have our path illuminated so we know his will and his purpose for our life. That's why we confess. And then it said, remember James 5, 16. Remember that, remember that, remember that? <laughs> we can confess our sins to each other. Men, men, women, women, likely is best. We can confess our sins because it's, it's healing, it says. Okay? Healing that just that brings us a better emotional state. And so, and so my friends that attend the Catholic Church, and I have many, um, some of my friends who attend the Catholic Church, they're trusting in Jesus to save them. And so they're keeping the sacraments as a result of that. It's pretty awesome. Their ministry. But, but when they tell me, hey, you can go to confession, I'll say, well, I just preached on that. If I go to confession, if I'm going to confess to the priest, I need him to confess back to me because we confess it to each other. That's the biblical model. Okay. Um, 
I can see that's moved nobody. That's okay. Did I? Oh, good. Okay, good. Okay, so um, remember what we said? If, if we would confess, if we would confess, oh, fiddle. If we would confess what happens in our mind, our spiritual eyes open. Watch what happens when we confess. You say you didn't have time. Didn't have time this week. Look what happens to our spiritual mind when we confess and we can now see God's light, 1 John 1, 5. Oh. So much clarity. See, no, I'm not going to confess my sin. I'm going to walk in darkness. Well, let me know about the bruises on your shins, okay, when you continue to walk that way. All right, we get the idea. Live like you are dying today. Interesting concept. This song, which we're going to hear at the end, it's a great song. And like, if you're not like up on your sleep and you're, maybe you've had a rough morning, you might start crying. I mean, I might start crying, okay? <laughs> we had kind of a weird rough night with this weather and then uh, wanted to get here and meet the elders here first thing this morning, and we did, and said, you know, can we do this, Lord? Can we do this, Lord? The Lord said, absolutely you can. You can have church and, uh, and you can worship me and adore me. Let's look at some lyrics to get this going, to see, to see the lyrics of this song, because if we're going to put it under a Bible light, a Bible a light that's a boy, Bible light, illuminated light, we're going we're gonna to have to like know what the song says. Okay, here we go. Should we sing it? He said, I was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me when a moment came that stopped me on a dime. I know I'm not going to quit my day job. I know. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays and talking about the options and talking about sweet time. I asked him when it all sank in that this might really be the end. So it's like you or I may get a diagnosis next week. May have had it last week. May have had it six months ago. May have had it five years ago. But that's part of our world. That's, that's part of a fallen world to have sickness plague us in so many different ways. So let's, let's look at, let's, let's take this apart. Death. Oh, if I didn't get that diagnosis that was terminal last week. Oh, if I had just done that or done that. Oh, I've got so much guilt and regret. Let's look at death from a Bible perspective. Okay. Psalms 139.16, NIV, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Oh. So God, if you look at Revelation, he's got lots of books. <laughs> that he gets to open and, and have. And um, 
He wrote your name in before any day began. And he wrote the number of days that you would live. He wrote the number of days you would live. Okay? Fast forward, you're born, you're living. Your number of days were written in a book before you had one. Our time, our time is known by God. The days were given by God, breath to us, for a certain number of days. Yeah, but I had everybody in the church pray, and, 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 and I got healed and, and better, so I'm going to live longer. That's right. Your days written in the book are the longer days. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? God doesn't come back. Yeah, didn't think they were going to pray. Do you have an eraser? Mm, they always get me. They always surprise me. No, no. Now, you could be somebody who believes in open theism. You can look that up later. Open theism. Very popular. Uh, look under the author Clark Pinnock. And uh, you can see that, well, they, they espouse that God does change over time with people's prayers. And he doesn't know the future. So that's a different, way different theological bend. So, so let's get that. God's given us a number of days to live out. We just got to be respecters and know that he's, he's king of that. Job 14, 5. I almost didn't include this, but I mean, after going deep with this verse, it applies. Job says, you have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live. And we are not given a minute longer. God's determined it. Well, then why are we praying? You tell me. He's asked us to pray. He's used the number of days that he's assigned to us with our prayer to make that come full circle and that we can live and die in peace. Knowing that his will be done and we see it. So Job's thinking, God, you're, you're fencing me in. <laughs> we need to talk about that. Remember when God comes back, where were you when I, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. But he didn't say yada, 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 you know. Matthew 6, 27. Who of you by worry and can add a single hour to his life? Yeah, that's not purposeful. Wow. Lord, you called me, John 6, 44. You called me into your kingdom. I responded. And then you've got a plan for my life. If you're here right now and you don't know that you have a plan for your life by God, let's talk. And we'll start with a spiritual gifts inventory. We'll start looking at the ways that you've served God where people have affirmed you. It's really cool. It's really cool like that. Hey, Ephesians 1.11. Oh, brace yourself for the sovereignty of God. Brace yourself for this. It's a big one. In him we were also chosen, 
having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything. Now, is that just temporal? No, no. We can say everything is everything <laughs> in conformity with the purpose of his will. Yes, we're a player. Yes, we pray. Yes, we've got the Holy Spirit. And it's all works in the equation of what God has predestined us to do and be. And it's just like, my three-pound brain can't get around that. Yeah, mine either. But by faith, we believe it. And we trust it because God said it. So God, you're omniscient. Thank you. God, you, you know my life, you know my future, and you're going to take care of me because you hold all things together, it says. Jesus does in Colossians 1. Well, until he comes back for us. God, you mean that, you mean that even though everything seems chaotic, you're in charge and not the world. It's exactly, exactly what it says it means. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. The lyrics go on to say, will you sing this, please? Because I don't want to have you as a lack of engagement, like go to sleep and say, when's the song? I came for the song. Would you play the song? It's coming. Can we sing this together? One, two, one, two, three. And I spoke sweeter. Okay, good. It works. It works. You ever need help? You ever leave the worship area for a week? I'll sub for you. Yeah, no problem. Okay. And I spoke sweeter. Look at this. Gracious words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Can you be positive with people all day long? Can you be positive with difficult people? I'm hoping it's still yes. In Matthew 5.44, Jesus challenges us to love our enemies. What good is it that you love a friend? Okay? Pagans do that. Okay? Uh, people that have no respect of God do that. But it's the loving people that yeah, being nice to people that tick you off. Some people have a short fuse. And so somebody ticks you off. It's like, you can be nice. They tick you off. It's like, nope, I'm in a bad mood now. Don't talk to me. It's not going to be pretty. And there's just a real lack of self-control. And there's just like, people go through life like that. There's been people that, that Liz and I have counseled um, women and men in marriages and, and they've been verbally beaten up for years. And in some cases, we, we ask them to separate because they're, they're suicidal. They can't keep taking more medications. They can, but it's of no benefit because they're, they're suicidal. And so, and so we say, I, we need to get you out of this environment until the spouse shows that they can make a change and they're willing to get some help because we're going to lose you otherwise. I mean, it's that serious. Look at this verse. 
I might see some technology help. Just, uh, in the, okay, that's good. Proverbs 18, 21. Look at this. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Proverbs. Solomon. Wisdom. Wow. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So, this morning, yesterday, you spoke to people. You thought thoughts about people. If you would ever take some time and write those thoughts down, or, or if your marriage can handle it, you kind of just kind of keep track for each other, coming together at the end of the day, and kind of going, well, I heard this from you today. I heard this from you today. I heard this from you today. I've got, I've got three sayings. I've got three phrases that, that really are discouraging. They're death. And so what that verse says, the person who says it is going to be more discouraged, more buried in their hole, and the person that receives it is going to be in a place of hurt. It's devastating. And what's really unique is that in marriages, I've got friends who've had such a long list of spouses speaking death, whether it's the woman or the man, that now 20 years later, they can't get out of it. They can't get the counseling and bring the forgiveness to get out of it. They can't do it. There's too much hurt. And they divorce. And when they divorce, because they let this go and they don't confront it, they divorce with hate in their hearts. Hate. Because so many years have created a pattern where somebody has spoke death, death, death to somebody. So when, so when, our, when our songwriter, whoever that was, and the singer says, I spoke sweeter, we rejoice. Pleasant words. It's a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, healing to the bones. You want healing? I thought I had to go to the doctor and get a, an antibiotic shot to get healed. It's like, no, this can bring incredible healing. Positive words. Words from God's very own voice. His word. All right, check this out. Think about, write down what you've been thinking about earlier today and yesterday. Write it as a note. Write down what you say, what you think about people. And then see if I think about a lot of death. Well, that's not going to bode well with friends. That's not going to do much edification, as the Apostle Paul says. Uh, building up the church and one another. Were they thoughts of sharing life or death? I guess you got to decide. I guess that is something that you got to pay attention to. When I ask people... You know, how many people are practice the confession of sin? 
last week so their spiritual eyes would be opened. And a couple of hands go up, which for a group, that's, that's pretty good. But if we don't ever do anything that we're challenged by in God's word, we're always going to get what we've always gotten. And I tell you, that, that can come out pretty ugly. Pretty ugly. Romans 8, 6. Oh, now to add this to everything. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. This would be to a non-believer first. Nobody doesn't know Jesus, have the Holy Spirit inside. That's definitely a death sentence. But those of us who are Christians who say, yeah, I'm going to check this list off for Sunday. And you know what? I've got six days to play. Six days to have fun. Do what I want. Free in Christ, free in Christ. And we just, we come back miserable. And, 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 and like a disaster. We've gone through a disaster in our life. The mind is governed by the flesh. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Hey, you might be going like, I didn't think this was going to be a call to like get people to go to counseling. I didn't think you were going to like ask people to sign up with a therapist today because these things are, these things are pervasive in relationships. These things are really pervasive. I do want to play just 20 seconds of video of a counselor who I think is really good. And if it would work, I'd have him on the staff, okay? But, but, but actually, no, nobody would be a counselor fit for this staff um, before Dr. Jack, if he wanted to be full-time here. Start Monday. Anyway, um, just a sidebar. Um, check, check, check this out. This is a girl that's being ministered to um, by, um, well, by, uh, we'll call him Dr. Bob. You've probably seen his show a while back. And uh, yeah, some of you are kind of already know where this might be going. But um, I, think she's, uh, I think she's scared about being confined in, in places um, that she can't get out. So let's just kind of see this really quick. I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in into your life. So I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most, we find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, you're there. Stop it! <laughs> I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Yes! S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. But I, I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me no, Daddy. No, 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 no. We we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say we definitely don't go there. Just, <laughs> just stop it. Okay. So, uh, 
we wish that would work, but the issues are so much deeper. They're so much more complex. So much more. Okay, and then he goes on in the song and says, and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. I've been forgiveness I've been denying. I've been given, given uh, forgiveness I've been denying. So I, I guess we got to think, is there anybody that you've not forgiven? Is there anybody that really ticks you off that you avoid? And don't say me, I haven't been here long enough. <laughs> so, so, I mean, is there, is there somebody that, that, that you just go, I just don't think about them, or I don't hang with them, or I don't go anywhere near their part of town? Apple Valley and Bear Road. I just don't go anywhere near there, so I have no chance of seeing them. Well, again, the Lord says that to love our enemies, Matthew 5, 44. What good is it to love those who love you back? And I know it's like sandpaper that you get out and you have like a wound and you're going, yeah, let's go. It could feel that awkward until you take a step out and you extend forgiveness and love to somebody. And so here's the weird verse, though, that puts a little pressure on you. This is a really strange verse, really strange verse. Get this? Sermon on the Mount, for if you give, forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. So that can't be salvation. Salvation's a free gift. Yeah, accept Jesus, but then go home and forgive everybody. There's a condition. Don't tell you at church because then you wouldn't want to do it. No, that, it just would be, it'd be conflicting with God's word. And so, but I see, I see preachers that just will stop. They'll just, they'll just say this and say, well, if you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. But God's forgiven me of sins past, present, and future. He says that when I became born again. So what could this possibly mean? Well, we've been talking about abiding. We've been talking about having this abiding relationship with Jesus and it's, it's just, it's, it's ultra powerful in that when we start to walk in darkness and have sin we need to confess, we confess it and we're forgiven and we walk in that illuminated light again. So this is, this is telling us if we, if we confess sin and we go to the person and make it right and ask for forgiveness, that's, that's 1 John 1, 9. He'll forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness in the Christian walk. But we want to, we got to forgive. We got to extend forgiveness. She's like, that's too painful. Well, it's too painful for you not to forgive, for you to keep it inside and not release it. You got another 20 pound weight inside of you potentially because somebody really ticked you off or somebody did something really bad when you were little and you're carrying that around, not releasing them. So when our, when our writer, our songwriter says, gave forgiveness, I've been denying, that's powerful. So let's do this. I had, um, I had a, there was another thing where he started to love deeper. But if I go over the, the four biblical Greek words for love, 
um, you'll go like, that's, over, that's just too much. It's time for this song. You gave us enough. You, know? you can stop now. I thought that last night when I was going over it again. So let's, um, let's, let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this. So someday I hope you'll get the chance to live like you were dying. Fast fact, fast fact here. Often the first sign of aging involves the musculoskeletal system. The eyes, followed by the ears, begin to change early in midlife. And then last, most internal functions also decline with aging. Most bodily functions peak shortly before age 30 and then begin a gradual but continuous decline. A lot of us are already dying. Some at 20, some at 30. The natural faculties are already going. So let's take a look at the song. Have a little challenge afterwards. Um, you know, no harm, no foul. Um, but, but take some of this. Because the guy goes fishing with his dad three times. Because he realizes the challenge to live like you are dying. was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me when a moment came that stopped me on a dime I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays talking about the options and talking about sweet time I asked him when it sank in this might really be the real end How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what you do? And he said I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a full name Fumanji And I looked deeper And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. He said, I was finally the husband, but most of the time I wasn't. And I became a friend a friend wouldn't like to have And all of a sudden going fishing Wasn't such an imposition And I went three times that year I lost my dad Well, I finally read the good book And I took a good long hard look At what I'd do if I could do it all again Full name, Blue Mansion, and I 
Chesney is a Christian. Uh, can, you, can, you, can you look at a Bible perspective from a, a song where you don't know the artist is a Christian? Yes. Look at King Cyrus, uh, the Persian king, the Medo-Persian king. Now, he was used to let Israel go and rebuild the temple wall. And to go rebuild the temple of Ezra, Nehemiah, and, uh, and that group. So a challenge, if Jesus determines your days and holds all things together while we're living, thank you, Lord, for that. What's it going to take to speak sweeter to others and minimize how much death we're speaking to ourselves and others? It's the challenge. Take that one, or, or there's a second one, who do we avoid in town because we've had issues with them? Who do we need to practice Matthew 5.44 with? Who do we need to forgive? If you call somebody today that you know is, well, it's not a favorite, and you speak positive words to them, see what the Holy Spirit does in your life that evening, in your sleep time, and the next day. It'll be off the charts. <laughs> off the charts, it really will be. Now, for those of you that said, hey, I'm not challenged by this. I do these things. And there's some of us that think that. I mean, they really do, unless you ask somebody else. And then it's like, well, maybe not. Maybe not perfectly. <sighs> for those that are really concerned about the number of days that we're going to live out for Jesus, 
because they've been written down in a book. I want you to go home and think about Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. Just write that down. Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. You probably can recite it, Ken. I just have a feeling because you come up with stuff like that all the time with me and shock me to no end. This is Moses' psalm from the wilderness, realizing that life is short. The number of days are short. And God's righteous judgment and his grace and mercy are all the more obvious and apparent. We can learn to count our days. Tim Keller passed away. Great prominent pastor. Wrote 31 books six weeks ago. And he said, by prayer life, since I knew I was going to die, especially at the end, I would never go back to the prayer life that I had before I knew I was going to die. He said, I learned Psalms 90, verse 12, to count the days. Because what it says, actually, first one to come up with Psalms 90, verse 12. First one, first one, first one. Read it out loud. First one, first one. Whoa! Give her a hand. Which one would you like? Okay. And Adam, I tried to give this to you at the beginning. I owed it to you from last week. Sorry. Um, but uh, there you go. Okay. So, uh, Jesus, thank you for today. Jesus, thank you that we do different things in service. But, Lord, it's, it's all an attempt to remember your word and hide it in, your, hide it in our hearts so we won't sin against thee. Lord Jesus, we know that we're called to holiness. And we know it takes a lifetime once we know you as Lord and Savior to, to be sharpened, to have the edges smoothed off so we're not so abrasive, so we can love people well, so we can forgive people and show that the forgiveness that you gave us, we can extend to others. And if any of us thinks about the depth of what we've been forgiven of, ourself, if any of us would think that, the trespasses would be so great, we could forgive anybody doing anything to us. And that's true. We just have such a high opinion of the fact that our sins are not so bad and everybody else that sins against us are terrible and the world's ending. But you put it back in perspective, Lord. You put it back in perspective. So help us to see your ways are right. And we'll take one little step today as born-again believers to walk worthy, to speak pleasant words, to know our days are numbered, and to forgive. Help us to do that. It's going to seem odd to call somebody out and, and tell them that we apologize or I apologize for this or for that. But the benefit's so far-reaching. Help us to step out and then testify to somebody if they should ask, what was good about the Lord in church this week? What'd you learn? What'd you practice? And Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as Lord, Help them to remain after the service and come forward. Talk to myself, my wife. Uh, talk to, uh, to Gary, to Marlon, to Carrie, 
to Sandy, to Sean, anybody that's in the front. Don't let anybody go if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, that they could meet you to become a Christian today.